the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're on the Dave Ellswick Show. Good to have you along. The uh, congressman is in the studio today. He is, uh, you in transit today? You heading back to Washington? Uh, going back on over the weekend. Over the weekend. Yeah. So okay. I'm here is all it sp- week. Is it spring back. break right now? Is that what's going on? I don't know what on? it is. <laughs> this is my week. Every, you know, every month we spend a business week in our districts. Right. So this is, this is March's. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. I'm and glad that you come back. Next week we've got... Uh, Every young kid in Arkansas, I'm going to give a tour of the Capitol. It's spring break. We're going oh, to have a good, good fun. Yeah, it's <laughs> that'd be a good time. Yeah, I know that my grandson is—he goes to school in Oklahoma, and this week is spring break for them, and yeah. he's loving. He, go, he was on the phone with me. We were doing some FaceTime last night, and he goes, "Hey, pops," and I go, "Yeah." Because guess what? I go, "What?" He says, "I don't have to go to school this week." <laughs> 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 he's six years old. He's He's having a good time with that with that going on. Well, let's talk about the 800-pound gorilla. What's going on with the banks? Well, we've had uh, sharply rising interest rates to fight inflation. So let's start at the very basics. Uh, too okay. much fiscal spending, easy money for 10 years, avalanche of Joe Biden spending in the last two years, pandemic, we got inflation. 40-year highs in inflation. What does the Fed have to do to beat inflation? they got to raise interest rates. Yeah. That's made tougher when you got fiscal policy like the Joe Biden administration that has regulations making it harder to make and sell things, so supply chain constraints, and then you've got an avalanche of, of federal spending starting with the pandemic. So when you raise interest rates sharply for a good reason, which is to kill inflation, you're going to get changing interest rates. And some banks weren't ready for that. And Silicon Valley was, in my view, from what I've read, People's Exhibit A. They had uninsured deposits, which means that's a bad business strategy. And the people who bank there should have known better. So that's a private sector thing. Right. And then secondly, they bought long-dated bonds, 10-year bonds with that. So the longer the bond, when interest rates goes up, the lower the price. Right. It's inverted. Okay. So the longer bonds you go by when interest rates are rising steeply, the more money you lose. So last week, some venture capitalists out in Palo Alto, you know, where all the brains are, right? I think that's had too many glasses of wine. They had a, they had a, and they and they said, you know, man, I think we ought to take uh, take our money out of that bank because they they lost money the other day, and they started a Twitter run on that bank. And when you're funded like that, you're, we can't say it on the radio. Yeah. yeah. And it, over the past 40 years, that bank had a good reputation. Right. And in today's Wall Street Journal, the former CEO from a decade ago writes kind of a eulogy. What, you know, what the heck happened to the bank that was a good bank? Well, so what does that say for Americans? Is it, it, should this send a shock wave through uh, the, the average 
Joe's out there with their banks. Well, I mean, here in Arkansas, I don't see anybody having no. problems. Our our banks in Arkansas are sound. I've talked to the bank commissioner. I've talked to the Bankers Association. talked to a lot of bankers this week. <laughs> Excuse me. They don't operate the way Silicon Valley did. But just like your family and my family are suffering from inflation, 40-year highs of right. inflation, our families are spending $7,500 more this year for what they bought last year. That's inflation. Grocery store, rent. Right. Banks suffer in high inflation when interest rates go up too fast because they've loaned money to people at 3 or 4%. Well, right. now the cost of money is 5% or 6%. So these banks are going through that same trough uh, transition that we are is trying to go to the grocery store. So I, I can't tell you how many people want to buy my house right now. Yeah. Just take over the payment because I got 2.6% mortgage rate right now. Right. And so that's in a database. Yeah. And so they're going, hey. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And all, you know, in the old days, back when interest rates were really high, when we were starting out our careers in the late 70s and early 80s, those loans would come with a prepayment penalty. And a non-transfer penalty to try to keep you from selling your house or transfer. And now loans, you know, don't have any of that. And so you can pass that mortgage on to somebody. Interesting. Well, I can do it because it's a military mortgage anyway. There you go. You know, my, my fellow. But I do think people mortgage. should be, um, you know, feel good about the local banks here in, in Arkansas. And, and I, I'm not saying other banks can't get in trouble because of high interest rates. They could. And Moody's downgraded, I think, six banks yesterday. Well, they went; uh, they put them in negative territory. Yeah, that's not so. Good. Rising interest rates put people's business strategies at risk. But what Silicon Valley was doing would I would rate it as very unusual. Well, that's because they were using the money for these guys were trying to move as much money as they could to invest in the companies. Yeah. That's what they were doing. Yeah, and but. Th- but let's not take. Let's talk about personal responsibility. I mean, you had people who bank there who put millions and millions and millions of dollars in that bank over the FDIC insurance limit, and there are many alternatives to doing that in order to keep it insured. Okay, all right. Well, I just want everybody to understand it was a unique situation. This is not like you're going to have a run on your bank next week, right? You know, so they don't have to worry about that. So you can keep. Know that they're paying attention, okay, especially here in Arkansas where things are a whole lot more, how shall we say, conservative, Right. you know, in the banking industry. What uh, did you – do you get a chance to talk to Lowry over there at the uh, the state capitol about what's going on as far as the monies for the state? <coughs> well, I did – I've talked to some legislators about the environmental, social, and governance bills issues and – uh, how those impact our pension funds here, and that's that's something I'm watching because that's something we're looking at at federal policy as well. And you know, I don't know the the uh, term of the treasurer's money that that secretary, the treasurer Lowry is dealing with. I wouldn't think it would have a tremendous amount of it long run mm-hmm. because they have to use that to pay the pay the the current costs of government. But, you know, in his rainy day fund, he might have a little longer uh, maturity. Those bonds, look, if you have a longer maturity, they're going to be down in a rising rate environment. But this is where it takes, again, personal responsibility. What is the money for? When will you need the money? And the same kind of planning we all do in our same families, you've got to do in a business, you've got to do it in the state government, too. All right. Well, you'll be happy to know that uh, they're, they're getting out of everybody who's got any kind of ESG program. 
we're being done with them. We're washing our hands of them all the way across the state, yeah. uh, you know, as far as money goes. We want people to invest money, if you're a public official in a pension plan, you know, for the long haul, for the long economic benefit of those retirees. That's the mission. It, it doesn't have other missions. That is the mission. And so many pension funds around the country, <coughs> whether they're union or not, are underfunded. Well, if you're underfunded, you sure don't want to do anything to damage your return uh, that you have. Let, let me ask something. How do, we, how, do, how do people get away from that mission? How do these people in those positions of power get away from that mission? Yeah. Well, because there is both in common law and in statute for fiduciaries. So this is a bank trust department. This is a manager who runs the Arkansas Employee Retirement Plan. And then the people he or she hires, they're all called fiduciaries. They all have an obligation to the beneficiary, meaning the, the retiree. And they follow what's called the prudent man rule for decades, which is just what I said. You have to invest for the long-run benefit of those retirees. That's your core mission. How they got away from it is by going to damn seminars. <laughs> they go to seminars, and the seminars tell them, you know, they need to be looking at uh, ESG in their business investments. And then those seminars take over life. That's one reason. And it's only, as Joe Biden would say, not a joke. Yeah. Uh, and then the, uh, <laughs> the second reason is the Biden administration's actually tried to change the rule at the Department of Labor that oversees retirement plans to weaken that fiduciary standard and say so you can look at all kinds of things you know, before you make that investment decision. All right. Well, let's take our first break. We'll get that in. Then we'll come back. We'll talk further here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Our guest, Congressman French Hill, comes on every Wednesday typically here on the show to uh, keep you up to date on what they're uh, dealing with in Washington, D.C. When we come back, let's talk China. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Right here in the studio, Congressman uh, French Hill is with us. Uh, Bruce Westerman, Congressman from District 4, will join us at 8.30, or pardon me, 7.35. We'll be talking to him. Uh, they had a really nice piece on him in the newspaper on Monday and talking about what he's been up to. Of course, you've known all of that for a long time because we've been talking about he was going to take over that committee if the Republicans won the House. I wish we would have won the Senate. That way I could have been talking about Secretary Bozeman, uh, you know, in uh, Ag Committee. But, yep. uh, no, and boy, he would have done good things for Arkansas. He's already doing good things for Arkansas. As, On agriculture, as he, ag knows, he knows his stuff. Yes, he does. Yeah. He knows it very, very well. Let's talk about China. That's something uh, that's on the front burner for us, uh, Congressman. They, can, they continue to build up their uh, their Navy. Right now they're just a few ships ahead of us. But by an, another uh, three, four years, they're going to be hundreds of ships ahead of us. You know, we're having to pay bigger, bigger pieces of that uh, uh, deficit because of the high inflation that we've got. What do, what do we do to keep up to date with what China's trying to do? Yeah, and in this a tough position to be in, uh, that we have the deficit we have and the debt we have, principally because of the last uh, two years of unbelievable uh, Joe Biden spending, plus the bipartisan spending done during, and I always say yeah. that, during the pandemic. You know, if we knew in March of 2020 what we know today, we wouldn't have spent all that. Well, money. if they hadn't lied to you. And huh? I, I'm telling you, that's why I cannot <laughs> wait. I could, you know, this is, this is something, you know, we're, we're overwhelmed with hot topics. Let me, let me just but, stop but, you right but there John, just a J Jamie Comer and Jim Jordan, you know, 
are going to track down how we were misled over all that. Is there a possibility somebody has to be put in stripes and put in jail for this? You know, I never know about that. I hope so. I hope if somebody testified wrongly, they lied to Congress consistently in One name comes to my I mind. Know, it's a small, <laughs> short guy. <laughs> He's retired, and I got so tired of listening to him. God dang. But anyway, uh, off subject. But because of the pressure we're on now under financially, think of the pressure we're under now when it comes yeah. to countering China. And you have the classic problem in Congress, particularly in the Republican Party. Uh, of being a defense hawk and a budget hawk. That's mm-hmm. me. That's me. That's not everybody. Some people right. don't care about the defense of the country. Well, I don't want to say that. They're happy to cut the defense department, too. That's not, not me. That's not how I'm wired. And China is growing to where they can have offensive capability uh, out towards the Philippines, Japan, Korea. It's not just defensive. Australia. And it's not, Australia is not just about Taiwan. So we're going to be confronted with some real challenges, and some of their, their gains that you've read about, you know, were like hypersonic missiles and the size of the Navy. And a lot of that technology, stolen from Europe from, and from the United States. And, it, yes. and at times offered to them without any caveats. There's a president I can name by the name of Clinton that gave them computers yep. to let them do that stuff. So they've been masters uh, – I read an article, I think it was in the New York Times over the weekend, about just a case study of a professor and how he was turned into, you know, tried to be turned into a Chinese mm-hmm. technology agent to steal from uh, the aviation industry out of out of Ohio. So this is rampant. We've got to confront it. And that's why uh, Speaker McCarthy named a select committee on China. And it's uh, to counter the CCP's economic, military, diplomatic, and financial strategies. And we're going to come up with it. And so far, look, Joe Biden and the Democrats have been on this page. They're concerned, too. Trump woke up the capital cities in the, in the G7 countries, and he woke up, uh, I think, uh, the capital city here in the United States about the dangers of what China was doing. We, we let the fox get in the hen house. Okay, so the yeah. fox is in the hen house. How do we get the fox out? Well, you know, I read the Wall Street Journal early this morning. It says Volkswagen spending $200 billion over the next five years to build electric vehicles in China, where they have a big market. Duh. <laughs> you know, I just don't understand this. This is, <laughs> this is a multi-year transition, and it isn't going to happen overnight to what people say, you know, decouple from the supply chain from China, which is why in March of 2020 or April, I introduced the one of the first bills to disconnect our supply yep. chain in medical supplies, yeah. devices, pharmaceuticals. But it isn't going to happen overnight. And you can't compare uh, the evil empire of the Soviet Union and the cold water to China. We had no integrated supply chain That's with right. Russia and the Soviet Union. And we had all kinds of cooperation with them, like in space, mm-hmm. in the ballet, during the, the, ballet, height, yeah. and during the right. height of the Cold yeah. War. That's seriously. Right. And chess. And yeah. chess. Um, all we had with, with China in the 70s was Richard Nixon and ping pong. But now yeah. we have our whole supply chain is tied to China. So I see a 10-year decoupling. The question is, can we deter China? during those next 10 years as we decouple. But we've got to have Europe go along with us, which is why I raised the Volkswagen. Well, and that, that's a key because that is the problem. When we first went behind the bamboo curtain with, uh, with uh, Nixon and Kissinger, we all remember when that happened, we all thought 
if they got more capitalistic, the CCP would lose their stranglehold right. on China. Guess what? No, they were pretty smart. <laughs> yeah. They got a bigger stranglehold now than they've yeah. ever had. Every time they get close, what happened? Tiananmen Square. That's right. Uh, yeah. May nineteen June nineteen eighty nine. Uh, that taught them a lesson. Uh, and then you look at Hong Kong. Yep. Fifty year deal with the United Kingdom to leave Hong Kong alone. Shut down. Arrested. Everybody's arrested. If you speak out in Hong Kong, you're arrested. Everything is owned by China and Hong Kong. Can we say that that Nixon doing that is <coughs> now we know that that was such a huge mistake, and 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 it'll go down in history as such a huge mistake. Uh, I would say at the time he wanted to counter the Soviet Union and mm-hmm. throw the Soviet Union off their game, and by making friends with China, which is a rival to the Soviet Union at the time, it was probably a strategic success because it led to the Reagan policy that ended right. up ending USSR. I think the mistake there is the 1990s, post Tiananmen Square, where we believe the mantra that uh, and the goal that Dave just outlined, which was if we integrate them into the global economy, they'll become more just capitalist, like us. Right. and they'll also become what? <clears throat> more democratic. Well, we got the capitalism part. Yeah. We didn't get the democratic. <laughs> yeah, no, no, didn't even come close to it. That's exactly right. So uh, you said 10 years decoupling. I mean, it's it's this is serious, but, you know, Pelosi just yesterday said – now, don't be beaten up on China. Well, and this is from a China hawk since 1992. Since Tiananmen Square, Nancy Pelosi, as a, as a woman, as an elected member of Congress, has been a China yeah. hawk. Yeah. She, you know, uh, she caused one of the largest incursions into Taiwan airspace in history since 1946 when she went to Taiwan last summer. So uh, we shouldn't beat up on the Chinese people. And we should love the Chinese people. They've been our ally in World War II, our ally in the 19th century. But the Chinese Communist Party is a clear and present danger to the rules-based order, which is not double talk. It means what you, what, right. how you shop. Right. People go, oh, rules-based order, you're like for global government. No, 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 no. I'm for like buying stuff I want to buy, traveling where I want to buy, starting companies I want to buy, getting financing for it in an American-type way. And China is not for that. No, not not <laughs> even close. Not even close. Well, Congressman, we're out of time. Great to be it's with you. Always pleasure to have hey, you. Hey, I want to bring a couple of Chinese uh, experts back to the show one morning, like Mike oh, yeah. Gallagher, who's leading mm-hmm. this, and just let you spend a whole segment just on that with some other folks. Well, I'd be happy to. Good, we'll do it. Definitely would be happy to. All right, we got to get to. Uh, We've got, who is it, O'Reilly's coming up here at the bottom of the hour, so we'll see what Bill has to say. Then we'll be back, and we'll see what Congressman Westerman has to say. i got a lot of things I'd like to talk to him about, about natural resources and what uh, what his views are on that and and, and how the, you know, the Democrats are, well, I know how they're reacting, but we'll, we'll talk about that. There was, uh, Dingle said, you know, we were bipartisan when we were in control. Now we're not bipartisan. Well, no, that's because you don't want to be bipartisan. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. we got a lot more break coming your way. Today. Okay, so we're going to wait here now. We should be hearing any moment from uh, Congressman Westerman. I had gotten some information from them yesterday uh, that they would not be able to join us next week, but they were going to be here with us this week. And as we were talking to uh, Congressman Hill, uh, if you didn't know, yesterday the uh, president 
signed executive orders dealing with guns again. And uh, uh, it's the closest that, that we've ever come to having, uh, you know, universal gun control, basically. Yeah. Uh, red flag rules and all kinds of stuff going in yesterday. We'll see what the uh, congressman has to say about that. And then, yeah, I want to talk to him since he's the head of natural resources now uh, in uh, that committee that, uh, that, he, that he chairs uh, in the House. Uh, what he thinks, uh, you know, Biden's doing uh, as far as oil goes, because this uh, this thing that uh, Biden said yesterday, yeah, I can get, I think I can get on board with that. Hell, it's been going on for you know ten, twelve yeah. years. I've been talking about it, so uh, yeah, I'm kind of like what the the congressman thinks. This is kind of a thing that you can look at and say, okay, so he's trying to play you a little bit. There's going to, what is it, 60 million barrels of oil over the next 10 years or something like that. And uh, he's, going to, he's going to try to play it th- thinking that he's, he's turning more conservative, and that ain't he, the issue. Kind of, yeah, he's placating to the independent, for the independent vote, right? Yeah, well, he wants, if he wants to run, uh, he needs every vote he can yeah, get. Yeah. He needed every vote he could get the last time, and he, he was able to— run from his basement he's not mm-hmm. going to be able to run from his basement this time no different animal this time yeah it's going to be interesting to see uh uh how it uh, all all fits out uh, for him so i'm trying to send a quick message to uh the congressman and see if he's ready to go here on the dave ellswick show you have to understand a lot of times when we're talking to him he's walking into work <laughs> literally yeah when we're talking to him and uh you know you got to know where you're going in washington dc you can get lost real easy well i I don't think people really understand the the time factor that these congressmen and senators are under their schedules are daily i mean minutes are precious and and so they literally are walking down the hall on the phone with when they're talking to you yep and it, it goes on that way all right i'm just saying we're ready just so he knows. All right. I'm sending that to him right now. So hopefully we'll hear from uh, the congressman here uh, shortly. All right. So while we're waiting on that, coming up at 8.05, uh, Joy McCutcheon is going to be on. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about what's going on with the FOIA. Yesterday, you were upset. It was very obvious you were oh, upset yeah, when I, I was saying things. <laughs> you know, you sent me a couple of messages yesterday. And... Uh, some things happened yesterday that I particularly think that happened to give the benefit of the doubt to a, a person who was running a bill. Yeah, you gave me some calm on that. Yeah. You gave me some calm on that. And and you and what you're thinking was, which is sound, which is sound, so now we'll wait and see, so to speak. But, yes, you gave me a little bit of calm on that. Yeah, I, I wanted you to know that by not voting like they did mm-hmm. yesterday— that they knew that today Mary Bentley's bill was going to come up in the House committee. And, uh, you know, you, I think it was a way for them not to kill it before it was even heard. Because right. yesterday, if they would have passed that piece of legislation, SB, what, 82? SB 382. Yeah, if they had passed, it, it would have been dead. Wouldn't have been no reason to even hear about it. Because at that point... Had they voted you it You got down, two people. Right. Yeah. Well... And and what that would have said, 
okay, we're, we love you, love him, Mary, but your, your bill's not going anywhere. Right. They're going to give her, look, Mary Bentley has been a tremendous uh, conservative. I'm not sure why she ran this piece of legislation. You don't know. I don't know. I haven't had a chance to sit down and talk to her about it. I wish I. I, I know what she said. Yeah. You know, she's she's talked about the school board members. Yeah. And people, get, you know, saying that they wanted this. And I, I got to believe that deep in her heart when she brought this up, she knew it was going to get beat. I. I don't. I don't know. I, I'm still waiting to find out. I'm still waiting. I can tell you what what I found out last night, and what you talked to me about this morning, does give me a sense of calm. That okay, let's see if cooler heads prevail, and if right prevails. Yes. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We're going to yeah. see what's going to happen. But um, basically, I think they're going to allow Mary's bill to be heard, and it's going to be defeated in committee today. Yeah. That's, That's what right. I think is going to happen. It's going to be fun because three of those committee members are co-sponsors. Yeah. It, uh, but I'm going to be there testifying, and it's it's going to be interesting. Okay, it's it's going to be interesting. But it it kind of goes back to the deal that that in that I want them to listen to citizens and not not these bureaucrats, the entities, yeah, in, in municipal league and Arkansas School Board Association and Arkansas Association of Counties because that's clearly who they've been listening to. All right. Well, we've got uh, Congressman Westerman with us now. He's on the phone. Oh, good. Good to have you along with us, Bruce. Thanks for joining us today on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, nice article about you in the Dim Gas on Monday. Yeah, well, good to be with you, Dave. Glad you're back in the in the driver's seat there. And we had a big week in Washington last week with the, the energy bill that we passed out a committee that's now uh, the uh, kind of foundation of what's H.R. 1, which uh, we're saying the most important bill in the House this Congress. So uh, that was a lot of fun um, to get to pass the TAP American Resources Act and then um, you know have the Speaker then put that into H.R. 1, which is called the uh, Lower Energy Cost Act. And he even uh, actually filed the bill yesterday. So... Uh, we're working on trying to get energy costs down, which is, uh, you know, fundamental to getting inflation costs down. All right. Well, let's let's talk because we've been talking about this since after the election in November, and you were talking about how you were trying to get you were getting things set up as far as the committee was concerned and for natural resources. What do you take out of uh, the president suddenly saying that? Uh, he might be able to get on this Alaska thing that uh, you guys have been talking about for a long time, and maybe on the 60 million barrels of oil, maybe that's not such a bad thing. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's about time he does something like that. <laughs> but if, you the, if you read the file, he's, uh, he's only uh, going to approve part of it and setting a huge amount of federal land off limits for for production as well so he's he's trying to straddle the fence but um yeah, overall if we can get the will of project to happen that would be a good thing but there's so much more we need to do up there as well how about we're, we're working oh go ahead finish up we're working on a bill right now as, as you know when you produce oil <clears throat> there's more than just oil comes out of the hole you get gas and oil coming right. out of the ground and so up there, they separate the oil out and they pump the, the gas 
back underground because there's no way to transport it out. So we're looking at or exploring options on how we could possibly build a port off of the north slope of Alaska wow. and do liquefied LNG and ship that over the uh, over the North Pole to northern Europe. Um, it would be a much shorter route to get natural gas there, and it would provide a market for that gas. It's a lot of gas that's up there that's been produced over the years. Uh, some of my colleagues were in Germany uh, a couple of weeks ago, and they said the, the chancellor told them gas equals peace. He said, please get us more gas, get us off of Russian gas. So there's definitely a huge market in Europe for U.S. natural gas if we could just build the facilities and, and ship it over there, which would you know, it would help them out, but it would also lower prices and hurt Vladimir Putin if um, if we could produce more gas here at home. Well, and it, it keeps the Chinese at bay as well, doesn't it? Absolutely. That's what, uh, you know, there's, there's only so much oil and gas being produced, and we can say we're not going to buy it from Russia, but China's filled in, and they're buying it uh, from Russia. Um and, and this even gets to you can tie the bank bank failure into this. You know, the, this administration fails to realize that the problem is on the supply side of things. They keep trying to change monetary policy to get inflation under control, uh, but they're putting the clamps down on productivity. Which what we need to be doing is making more stuff to get more supply in the market, so that the prices aren't going so high. Uh, I don't know at what point they'll figure that out, but uh, we're not going to get inflation under control until we do that. All right. Well, let's take a break. We've got to get our uh, break in for this half hour. Then when we come back, uh, the president, executive orders dealing with guns. Let's talk about that here on the Dave Ellswick Show as well. Our guest is, of course, Congressman Bruce Westerman, District 4. He continues to join us when we return here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let me remind you about my buddy, Pat Davis, and your health plan, man. You know, I want you to save money. I've told you that a long time ago. The people that advertise with me, it's about you saving money. And with Pat Davis, about you saving money off your health insurance. Uh, Take how much you you pay a year in health insurance, and what how much would you save if you saved 30 to 50% off the top? I bet you for some of you it's five, six, seven thousand, maybe more dollars per year. And on top of that, that you would have a health insurance that doesn't have any copays. Think about how many hundreds of dollars that would be. That can all be yours by just making one phone call or one text to Pat Davis at your health plan man. You call or text them at five oh one six oh five sixty nine thirty five. You go, but Dave. It's not that time of the year anymore about changing health insurance. You can change your health insurance anytime you want to, just like you do your car insurance. And you go, but what about uh, if I've got, you know, things like, uh, you know, diabetes and stuff like that? You let Pat Davis do his magic and let him save you a lot of money. Again, uh, call or text him at 501-605-6935. Save yourself some money right now. Or you can visit them online, do it that way, yourhealthplanman.com. All right, back to talk to uh, Congressman Westerman. 
And uh, yesterday, the president, executive orders, I guess he's going to sign, dealing with the red flag laws and things of that nature. Uh, Congressman, what's your thoughts on what he's trying to do? He's just pandering to his liberal base. Uh, I think the president, well, he may not know, but he should know that these gun laws aren't doing anything to stop violence. That's just a, a way for him to go out and talk about an issue that riles his base up. And uh, yeah, the the rules that he, our executive orders that he put in place yesterday, um, I don't see a lot there that's going to do anything to, to curb violence. He's saying he's just trying to enforce that gun law that Democrats passed in the in the last Congress. I guess it did have some, some Republican support with it. But um, to me, this is more political than anything else, and he's just trying to pander to his, uh, his liberal base and trying to make a statement that he's being tough on, on gun laws. But the only thing, any action he's taking, the only thing it's doing is eroding our Second Amendment rights because it's not doing anything to help stop uh, gun violence. Well, Dingle, yes, uh, in Monday's uh, article at the end of it, I thought was interesting where she said, well, you know, I can go along with bipartisanship uh, with this committee, but probably not when the Republicans are in control. You know, she basically called you an extremist, didn't she? Yeah, well, yeah, she <laughs> says, oh, I want to work on this bipartisan legislation. You give her a chance to work on it, and she's just, you know, Debbie Downer. She doesn't, um, nothing's ever good enough. So it's just a way for, I think, a lot of times for her to say she's trying to work on something bipartisan, but she has no real ambitions to work on on anything bipartisan. But there are some Democrats that that are working on it. I I need to tell you one of the latest things that's come up that my committee's dealt with. And you, again, you can't make this up, but... Uh, I was made aware that the U.S. Fish and Wildlife has started these echo grief counseling sessions. The what? Um, grief. Ec- echo grief counseling sessions. So they're spending taxpayer dollars to uh, take people out to, I think it's in Arizona, and have these counseling sessions if you've got echo grief. Yeah. So uh, we wrote a pretty scathing letter to the director last week, and um, that may be the subject of a of an oversight hearing if they can't get that foolishness stopped. But can you believe that? You know, how, when it comes to the left, I'll believe anything yeah. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, Congressman, let me ask you on this executive order, just so the people out there listening, because people get nervous about this stuff. Is is this just political rhetoric, or does is it real, or is this going to be immediately stopped by the courts? Well, no, I think he he can it can probably withstand court scrutiny because of that uh, law that was passed last year. Yeah. Um, but you know, part of it is it has stupid stuff in it, like advertising that's appealing to young people. You know, they want to stop that. How do you? What does that even mean? How are you going yeah. to uh, yeah. monitor? advertisements and determine whether they're appealing to, to young people or not. Um, you know, I think one thing had to do with um, uh, ballistics testing and sharing data on that, which to me that's more um, 
good law enforcement if you build right. a database right. with with ballistics. Um, and but you know I think he's also signaling to DOJ to go after um, anybody in the gun industry with with all that they've got. Um, and it's just beating the drum on the rhetoric of um, he's going to stop gun violence. And, you know, he's, what does he say? His goal is to do away with assault weapons. No, I'm doing it. And, yeah. And, he's been trying to do that since you know, Clinton. Well, and what's an yeah, assault weapon, he, right? He, he, I, exactly. I guess it's... it's uh, when uh, when you use a weapon to assault someone illegally, then yeah, everybody wants to get rid of that yeah. because that's called crime. But it it just um, it shows you how silly they are and how shallow their policies are. All right. Well, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. I understand that you're going to be out of the out of the bag next week, so we'll talk to you the week after, and uh, we can talk a little bit about 2024. I hear. The Republican Party is uh, gearing up to go after more seats in the House in 2024, and we can talk more about that at that time. Until then, you have a you have a wonderful time up in uh, La La Land in Washington D.C. Okay. Sounds good, Dave. Have a great week. All right, same to you now. All right, my our good friend Congressman Bruce Westerman here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Yeah, yeah, I think that it you know he, he's he's warning you don't believe this stuff that you know biden's talking about about uh, alaska this is something that's been in the works for quite some time and he's cutting the program short more than he's letting it get unleashed all right dave ellswick show we come back joy hutchinson going to join us we're going to talk about foia for a few minutes got some other folks that were hoping to join us during this uh uh, next uh, hour on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, let's get back to it here on the Dave Ellswick Show uh, on a Wednesday edition. It is hump day today, and first hour is a good hour. Both of our congressmen on with us, bringing us up to date what they, they foresee. Uh, Joey uh, McCutcheon is going to join us here in just a moment. Uh, Jimmy is here in the studio. He was at the... Uh, uh, Capitol yesterday as they were starting to look at SB 380, 382, but 82 was the one everybody the was wanting, one, right. wanted to know what was going to happen, and it couldn't even get a second, and I talked to uh, Jimmy this morning, and I said, I think, this is just me thinking, and Joey, I know you're on the line listening, you, you see if, if you go along with what I'm saying here that perhaps they didn't take a vote on that because if let's say they did vote and they voted it through then why even hear what mary bentley had to say in the house uh committee today uh it would have effectively pulled pulled the teeth out of that bill totally and it would have defeated the bill for even being brought up i think it's it's i think it's that her bill is going to be beaten committee today what do you think i don't know I don't know. I think she's, uh, you know, she's got 22 sponsors. Uh, it needs to be. It's a dangerous. It's a dangerous bill. It's the. Uh, it's the dismantling of our open meeting laws. We might as well uh, just dismantle open meetings and just have secret government because that's what it's going to amount to on a local level. Um, less than a quorum. So if you have a 
a group of JPs. You have 13 JPs. Six of them can meet in the back of McDonald's, discuss, deliberate, decide. And then another six can discuss, deliberate, and decide. The people are left out in the cold. Decisions are made in in, uh, backroom deals. And we, in effect, have the weakest open meeting law in the country and uh, or join all the other weak states. You know, uh, Miss Bentley seems to wear a badge of honor that uh, that uh, we're going to do like the surrounding states. Number one, Tennessee, uh, that's not true because Tennessee uh, has a law, an open meeting law that says two member, two or more members can't meet and discuss, deliberate, or decide our public business outside of public meeting. And that's the way it should be. You know, that's the way, that's why we have a four-year law. All right, and that, have you, you're going to bring that up uh, today, I would assume, when her law is being heard, because she, she sits on that whole thing, well, we're going to just be like all the other states. Yeah, well, at least. At least some of the surrounding states. I'm not sure all of them do that. And there's also uh, there's also the question of uh, are they are they going to allow serial meetings? She doesn't address that. This is ramrodded through like other legislation this session, ramrodded through without meaningful discussion, without input from the press, the press association, the FOIA task force. Um, this this bill needs to be vetted in the FOIA task force. This is the reason we have a FOIA task force. This is the reason we have a coalition. And I haven't seen that bill, and she's already running it. Why is she by- bypassing the process? Well, that's a that's a. I mean, you ask great questions. I th- I think that uh, I personally think, and, and I hope that uh, Republicans are going to say, "Okay, Mary, we let you bring it forth now." We're going to say no. You can't. We, we're not going to pass it. I, I think that uh, I think most Republicans that I've talked to are very pleased with the FOIA uh, legislation. Do do you do you see it differently than I do? Uh, I see that most everyday citizen Repu- Republicans are. I haven't. I didn't see that in the committee yesterday. I uh, quite frankly felt a sense of um, of hostility. Uh, toward FOIA, you know, um, there was... Yeah, Hester, talk about what Hester brought up in there, because when what Hester said, I was kind of going, I was shaking my head, I'm going, this is this is a conservative Republican saying this. Well, I, I don't want to make this about the senators, they each have their own... No, no, I'm talking own, about I'm uh, talking about his sentiment, though, his sentiment on, on how uh, FOIA is such a burden to agencies. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think that's what he believes, and and certainly, um, you know, we 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 have open records, and and it has a it has a it's an inconvenience to uh, to our to our government. But uh, as Patrick Henry said, the liberties of the people never were and nor never will be secure when the transactions of their rulers may be concealed from them. And that's why we have open records. Yes, it creates a burden uh, on uh, cities and counties. But but the the other side to that is is we have less corruption uh, and uh, we have open government in the city that the citizens are knowledgeable. Uh, yeah. So he, he may have that perception. And certainly I know that legislators are, are uh, contacted by, by uh, local uh, entities saying, you know, we're getting all these for you requests. Well, I, you know, that's, that's the, 
that's the cost of a, a free society, and uh, and and that's why we have the intent of FOIA. And uh, and what we're going to do today is also dismantle the the intent of the FOIA law, uh, which that it is vital to a democratic society that public business be performed in an open and public manner. So we might as well just get rid of that and just say, uh, you know, we, we don't believe in open meetings in Arkansas. We're going to allow, we're going to allow six out of 13 JPs to meet in the back of McDonald's on secret email chains, on private text messages and discuss our business, decide our business, and the people will never know the reason. And you know what that creates? You know what lack of lack of transparency creates? Corruption. Distrust. Corruption and distrust. Yep. Yeah. No matter how good that decision is, there's going to be people who do not trust it on both sides, on liberals, conservatives, Republicans, and there's going to be a distrust for government in the state of Arkansas, an absolute distrust and disdain because they're doing our business secretly, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. Republicans may think they're in power now, and this is going to benefit them somehow, but in 1967, Governor Renthrop Rockefeller, a Republican governor, uh, passed this bill with a democratically controlled power machine. And they did. the Democrats didn't want it at that time. Now we're turning around and giving away our liberty. And it's very concerning. It's the reason I'm going to testify. It's the reason that I'm willing to go to the mat on this. If they listen, fine. If they don't, fine. Well, I know uh, there's a lot of other people that are going to be testifying today that feel exactly the same way that you do. I hope there are. You know, I hope there are. People are busy. And, every again, this is about everyday citizens. I mean, you know, bureaucrats have time. Lobbyists have time. I mean, we, we saw the lobbyists from the... Uh, 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 Mr. Richmond from the Arkansas Municipal League, he has all kinds of time. He's getting paid to be up there. He's getting paid uh, to to defeat a good bill. Mr. Richmond with the Arkansas Municipal League never showed up, never showed up in the in two FOIA coalition meetings where this bill was fully vetted. I'm talking about 380 right now, which would require a written response if there are no records. Um, he didn't show up in the FOIA task force meeting. Then he shows up at the meeting and throws out something that may or may not be true. And all of a sudden, the bill is down the tubes, at least temporarily. I think that they'll see that it, it is a good government bill, that it helps citizens. You know, 380, I mean, how simple is this? You send a FOIA request and you ask for records and they don't have them. All they have to do is say, we don't have the records. Because most citizens will just give up if they don't get a response. Or, on the other hand, some may go to a lawyer, and then you've got to go, go through an expensive process to say, well, there are no records. Or what if there's an exemption? This bill says if there's an exemption to FOIA, all you have to do is tell us and identify the exemption. If you're not the right custodian, tell us that. A, a good government bill, a people bill, FOIA is the people's law. And and I just hope that the that the representatives will will uh, will see that today. They've all got you know they're all good people and and uh, and and I think they believe in open government. But actions speak louder than words. All right, got to get a break in. We'll come back. We'll talk further about this some more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. 
Right now, though, we got to make some money so that we can pay the bills. Going to do that here at 1011 FM, The Answer. All right, back. Uh, we're talking with one of the, the main uh, people who are out fighting for FOIA constantly, and that's Joey McCutcheon, along with Robert Steinbach and, and some others. Some names that when you mention them, you'll know exactly what they're there for. So how are you seeing this play out today, Joey, or, or, or maybe you don't know how this might be going to play out? Well, what I want to ask is where's the leadership of the Republican Party? Where where are the where's the chairman of the Republican Party? Where's the state chairman? Why isn't he testifying? Where was he yesterday? That's what I want to ask because I don't because I think they're they're taking their marching orders from the top. Now, I, I, I want you I want you to hear. I was talking about that Dave, during the break. During the break, right before you said that, Joey, right before we came back, Dave just said that very thing. Yeah, go ahead, Dave. Well, and here's the reason I'll tell you: if it had been Doyle Webb. Doyle Webb would be standing for FOIA in the state of Arkansas. Yeah. He would have stood and said that this is a wrong move by the legislature. I think that that's exactly what Cody needs to do, Highland needs to yeah. do as well. I mean, look, he's a lawyer. He understands what is at stake here. He should ask to be able to testify and say, you all need to, to rethink this whole thing of changing FOIA. I wish you would. I'll see. I'm going to send him. A, I'll send him a text. See if I can get him to say something. Joey, have you heard from anybody in the Republican Party leadership about this? Has anybody contacted you or Alan Clark? Or well, obviously we've talked to various uh, legislators and and uh, 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 you know who who uh, have concerns about this, and we'll see how they. We'll see the testimony in the in the committee today. I mean, I think that's uh, you know I want to give them a chance to to uh, make their case. But but the que- it begs the question: Why has every other bill that even touched on FOIA uh, been before the FOIA uh, task force, and this bill has not even been to the FOIA task force to get vetted? And it it is the one that will dis literally dismantle open meeting laws. We will have secret meetings across this state like you've never seen. You, it, it is, uh, I mean, you know, six, six, six out of 13 JPs will meet in the back of McDonald's or uh, at the football games, or, and, and, and then another group of them will meet, serial meetings. And we miss all the discussion. And then we get in the meeting and we have a decision. And... I think to your point, I think to your point, and I was telling Dave this, is the task force meetings, which are always very interesting to listen to, but I thought it was very telling. There's two things that are very very telling, and you just touched on one. When Alan Clark came to the task force meeting, and everybody, so they know that it's, it's public meeting, it's recorded, it's public record, he pretty much said that, you know, hey, the committee, the, the Arkansas Municipal League, the Arkansas Association of Counties and Arkansas Schools Board Association had already been talking to the committee members, and the committee members had pretty much already made up their mind. And then the task force endorses all three of the bills, and it's like nobody, they didn't even factor that in. Now, to your point, that this bill is going before a committee and it hasn't even been before the task force, is that kind of thumbing the nose at the task force? 
I, I mean, it would seem. Again, I would like and I would like to hear that today. I mean, I, I don't want to take hearsay as you know, such and such. You know, this committee's already made their mind. I want to. I, I want to see it. And uh, you know, yesterday to me was very concerning in the sense that a a FOIA training bill, which basically says one hour annually, the public can attend. It can be attended by Zoom conference, video conference, or live one hour of FOIA training, which would touch hundreds upon thousands of and plant some seeds about why FOIA is important and, and what some of the basic uh, nuts and bolts are and maybe get people to look further at our FOIA laws. You know, when people get a, a seed planted, they want to go further, so they're going to ask questions. And when something comes up in a committee, they're going to say, okay, is, is this in compliance with our Freedom of Information Act? Um, so it's just, it's just very disheartening because I, I think, I think this hits at the foundation of freedom. You know, we, we say that we believe in open government. I mean, that's been a, that's been a, a tenet of the Republican party. And again, I don't want to just make this about the Republican party because it, it's a tenet of the democratic party and we just can't mouth those words and not stand for that. And and all we want is, is all these discussions. We don't want any discussions outside of a public meeting. I mean, have your tough discussions in front of us. We can handle it. If, you, if you're going to say something outside of a public meeting that you won't say in a public meeting, then we got a real problem. We, we have a real problem. Yeah, I, I would agree wholeheartedly in that. And it has been, the, the, the FOIA law has been pushed by Republicans uh, from the very beginning, and why would you turn your back on it all of a sudden? Yeah. And that That's what I, it's not making sense to me at all, why they're turning their back on it. Joey did something yesterday, that, and, and I'm going to do it again today when I testify, and, but Joey really did it because he kept going back to 2519-102. We've read it on here, the intent of the Arkansas Freedom and Information Act, and Joey just hammered it yesterday, and I hope he continues to, because what they're, what these bills do is actually drive a stake through the heart of the whole intent for Arkansas Freedom of Information Act. Am I making sense, Joey? I don't think he heard you. You there, Joey? So, sorry, I missed you. Um, uh, yeah, are you talk, we're talking about the intent. Yeah, I was saying that yeah. these that you really you really focused on that yesterday, which I think is smart because these bills really do drive a, a Mary Bentley's bill really drives a stake through the heart of the actual intent of the law, right? Yeah, and and the intent of the the, the law is to me that's the gold standard for weighing, for example, uh, an open meetings uh, bill. Uh, does it comply with the intent of FOIA, which is it is vital to a democratic society that public business be performed in an open and public manner? I mean, which one of these bills, the one we ran yesterday, uh, SB 382, which says that two or more cannot discuss, deliberate, or decide our public business outside of public meeting, or this bill, which says that less than a quorum can meet and discuss, deliberate, and decide our public business in the back of McDonald's, in a in at the coffee shop, 
secret email chain. I mean, it's clear. I mean, it's just clear. So, again, you just you just need to uh, take your black mar- magic marker and just strike through the intent that we really don't believe in this intent. Let's just get rid of the section on open meetings altogether. Let's just get rid of the intent regarding FOIA. And, um, you know, let's, uh, let's, let's not be hypocrites here. Let's uh-huh. just tell the public we really don't believe in open government. We don't think the citizens can handle it. And we just want to have local people make multi-million-dollar contracts uh, with, with, you know, the special interest. And let the special interest bro- power broker come in give his pitch to six JPs, then go to the, another six JPs, give their pitch. Uh, we'll have secret meetings. We'll have corruption. And let's just call it what it is. Let's just call ourselves, you know, just just get rid of the intent altogether. Don't be a hypocrite. Uh, just just uh, get rid of the intent altogether and just say we really don't believe in open government in Arkansas. We want, we want local bodies to be able to discuss it privately on secret email chains and let, let's be done with it let's not let's not kid ourselves all right well i'll be touching uh, touching base with you again tomorrow joey and we'll uh, we'll find out what exactly i'll probably talk to you earlier than that but because i, I want to know what happens in that meeting today in the house side thanks so much for being part of the dave ellswick show this morning know that the microphone is always here for you if you ever need need it uh, to get information out thank you all right talk to you later Joey McCutcheon here on the Dave Ellswick Show, and he's right. This is, this is, as he said, and as you say, is putting a, a spike through the intent of the law. Yeah. And the intent of the law is something that it was a Republican governor that started it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, why suddenly as a party, uh, which I belong to, have you decided that you don't think that that's so important anymore well this is just reality well told talking to mary bentley what she's told others is it's just uh it's it's just listening to listening to the municipal league and those people instead of listening to the citizens all right let's take a break i uh, got hannity to get to and then uh jimmy and i will be back we got more to talk about more pa- things passing in the local house and senate Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.